This is podcast number 14, and today I'm going to share my thoughts on the topic of goals, growth, and grit, and being a strong woman in business. Hello, and welcome to 10G's podcast, Gidry's Guide to Grit, Gifts, Goodwill, Guts, Goals, God, Glory, Growth, Gratitude, and Being Genuine. I am podcasting from San Antonio, Texas, the nation's seventh largest city, and my name is Jen Gidry. I am one of the top loan officers in the United States, and I'm also a regular contributor on the local TV morning shows, where I make it my mission to teach about credit, budgeting, and all things mortgage. More importantly, though, I am a woman with a story, and I have a bunch to tell you. So 10 G's is designed to inspire and empower you so that you can have the life that God has planned for you. You just have to work at it. So sit back, relax, and listen, and here we go. Today, I have with me a very special guest. Not only is she my best friend, but she is a woman with just an amazing story to tell you. And we're gonna be talking about women, women in business, failing, what's so great about being over 40 and things like that. So I have Rose Hernandez with me, who I have known for 13 years now. And Rose, I'd just like you to just tell us a little bit about your childhood, growing up, what you did, and what you are doing now in your profession. So correct. I met Jen about 13 years ago. She actually did my my loan for the house. Yep. Met her, loved her. As soon as I met her, I, I knew I could trust her. And I just said, you know, just sign my paperwork. Um, <laughs> I didn't sign her paperwork though. <laughs> no, she signed she didn't. it. I, of course. <laughs> but I wanted her too. So my first language, you know, was was uh, Spanish. So with my family, my whole family was was essentially Spanish speakers. So I translated for my mom, my dad, and as we traveled as migrant workers, and I translated. And explain for them. what that means, just for okay. people who don't know what a migrant okay. worker is. So what that means is basically six to ten months out of the year, we would travel, pick crops. You know, we would go into to farmers. They would have camps for for my family and for other families. And most of those families did not speak English. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn English very quickly. And as I learned, I would go and travel to doctors, to groceries, to appointments. Um, and eventually I did all the contracting with the farmers to negotiate contracts for work for them. And how old were you when this was happening? Yeah, I started at five years old <laughs> all the way till I was about 18, 19 years old. That is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. And now like fast forward, you've been at Renda Center for 23 years. 23 years going on 24 And now. what do you do for them? And, and like how many stores are you running? So I have 11 stores now and I, I run a pretty much about 60, 60 people. Yeah, six, 60 employees right now. So 11 stores, mm-hmm. she's a district manager. And this is a girl who grew up and uh, whose family was a they're migrant farm workers. And now she is a district manager with Renna Center, a definite leader in her field. She's very established and she's my best friend, Rose. Well, thank you so much. Tell me what you wanted to be when you were growing up and like, what was your dreams? I just know I didn't want to do what I was doing then. So when you're working in the fields, there's rows and rows and rows and rows that you've got to finish. So it's acres. There's acres that you've got to finish. And you go in the morning and, you know, you don't leave until you're done. So there's a lot of solitude, a lot of, you know, meditation that you do. And so kind of lonely. So when I'm out there, you know, I would be out there and, and I would look at 
cars going by. I would look at sometimes, you know, even young people going by and and I would think, you know, what is their lives like? And why am I here? And why are they out there? And what is their lives? What is their life like? And I would pretend, you know, like, you know, what if I could be going out like they were? Like, what if I could be going to the beach? Or So I would pretend that I was going to be doing something else. So I knew then that no matter what I did, I did not want to continue to do that for the rest of my life. So... That was one of my biggest motivators. But also I would turn over and I would see my mother and I would see my father and I would see how hard they were working. And I knew that I did not want them to work that hard. So I knew I had to, I played a big part. I knew that I had to make sure that no matter what I did, I pulled my entire family away from there. So that was my, my motivator. That was, that was kind of like what pushed me. No matter what it was, I had to make sure that I was strong enough to get away from that. And how did you do it? How, what was your, like, I guess, like, big break, for the lack of better words? The life that most migrants had was kind of like a routine, okay? So it was kind of like, okay, you were expected to kind of just have, okay, you're going to just grow up, marry one of these hardworking men here and you were just going to get married and so why have an education why learn more why do anything else i was different i didn't like to go fishing with my dad i didn't like i didn't find any of the other guys attractive i wanted to read books i loved reading romance novels which was the only books i could get my hands on when my mother would go you know to the garage sales Mm-hmm. But that's what I would do. I would read. I would read. And again, I was always very different. Even the foods I liked was different. My, my parents always had, you know, a lot of greasy foods. And I always suffered from my weight. I was like, okay, you know, I, I can't eat that food. I already knew then that I couldn't eat those foods. So I was just different. I was just a different type of person. I always found myself being different. So I knew that I had to change everything because I knew I wasn't the same. I always felt like the oddball. Even in my own family, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, "That's how I feel sometimes." I was like, "I'm like, this yeah. is not." I was like, "I I have to make changes because I cannot do what they expect me to do, which is okay, just grow up, get married, and have kids." The same and, cycle and the they same cycle, and then the same cycle and then growing. you're just gonna have a strong guy who's gonna be working as hard as you in the fields, and you're just gonna collect money, and your children are gonna be doing the same thing. I just couldn't see myself doing that. All right. So how did you break out? How did you get the, like, I, your job? I made sure one, one is that I got my hands on every book that I could. And when they said, okay, you're a migrant, so you have to go on special ed courses, or you had to go to this course or that course. I made sure that I told them no. I was like, nope. So they were like, but you have to go to these courses. And I told them no. That you wanted to go to like to a regular class exactly. and not like a special ed class. Yeah. Good for you. So, and that took a lot of courage. Yes. Yeah. So my mother always said that I was very independent is what she called it. <laughs> so I, I I understand now where my girls get it from, but I always opposed it. I wanted to be like everybody else. To me, I was so different and I wanted to be, I wanted to fit in with the regular school kids. Even though I didn't have the same amount of time, I had to catch up. You had to be better. I did. Yeah. I did. And I didn't have the same resources. I didn't. So I just had to really, really try. And my parent, I couldn't come home and ask for help because my parents couldn't help they me. They couldn't help you. You did. You had to do it all on I, your own. I did. And a lot of it, I had to fake. Fake it till you make it. 
But it worked. So you're, I think you're a good testament of that. <laughs> I did fake it. I had to really fake it. I had to be very likable. And I learned a lot from negotiating with contracts with the farmers. I learned what to say, what not to say. I learned how to negotiate. I learned what you should say, what you shouldn't say. So, I mean, I just, I did the best that I could. And like I said, I just survived and I knew what I wanted and I knew what I didn't want. I never knew what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't want. How did you know, like in your mind when you made it like, holy crap, I make six figures, you know? I don't think I've ever, I've ever said I've made it. I don't think to this day I can sit here and say, oh gosh, I've made it. I've never really felt that way. I just know that I still have nightmares of doing the, the crops. <laughs> it's like, I still have nightmares of, oh my God, I don't want to go doing the crops. And you know what? As bad as that was, I love nature. Mm-hmm. I love outdoors. I love you know, my walks. I love all that. I just didn't want that lifestyle for me or my kids, but I do love the outdoors. And what advice mm-hmm. would you give somebody? So let's say there's a, a young girl mm-hmm. listening to this who is in a situation growing up that is less than ideal. I mean, like yours, it was not an ideal situation to grow up. What would your advice be to that girl or boy, to that young person? What would you tell them? I would tell them, never give up. Look for what you want and ask for help. Absolutely ask for help. Yeah. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. are afraid to ask for help because they don't want to appear maybe weak or they're afraid. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think they're they're afraid to ask for help because they're afraid of somebody turning them down. They think that there's somebody out there that's not going to help them. But you'd be surprised. I was blessed enough to always encounter people that were willing to help. Mm-hmm. Even the farmer who we worked for so many years, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship, uh, paid for my um, plane ticket to come home. That's so, awesome. I was always lucky enough to have people to help. Even in my profession now, I have supervisors that have helped me throughout the way. Mm-hmm. So throughout my life journey, I've had plenty of people that I've helped. I haven't done what I've done by myself. Everything I've done has been with the help of many, many people. And do you find mm-hmm. yourself, I'm sure you realize that, but do you reach out and help other people? I would that are love struggling? to do that. So whenever I see an opportunity, I, I really try to. Yeah. So there's some certain amount of girls in, in my profession right now. I try to reach out to them. So uh, whenever I can talk to somebody, I do. Whenever they ask for my advice, I do. Only because I don't want them to feel like there's not anybody out there that can help them. Because I do want to help people try to get where they need to be or where they want to be. That's awesome advice, mm-hmm. Rose. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Rose, here's my first question for you. And I'm going to answer the same thing after you answer. What do you think the best thing is about being over 40? Wow. Um, I think there's a lot of stories. You know, there's a lot of chapters in your life. I think after 40, though, you've lived quite a quite of many roles. There's a lot of roles that you've experienced. Um, but I, I think right now I'm, I'm in a place that I, I'm very excited uh, for the future, but I can also reflect and go back and say, you know what, I'm, I'm very I'm very content, very happy about some of the things that I've, I've experienced in my life. So I, I'm in a place where I just feel like, you know, okay, 
I can reflect, but I can also look forward to a lot of things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my favorite mm-hmm. part is that for the first time, I'm finally like super ultra comfortable with myself. I've accepted my flaws. I have just become like, you're good. And that's just a whole different level when you when you kind of start to to get that about yourself. You know yourself. You're not afraid to tell people what you want, right? You know what you want. You actually truly know what you want and you're not afraid to ask for it. And I think that's, for me, has been one of the most freeing things, whether that be on a business level, at a personal level, even sexually. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's a mm-hmm. whole just different thing. Being over 40 is, for me, has been very freeing. And I don't know why, but just something just just clicked when I turned 40. I was like, ah, I'm good. It's almost like a blossoming. Yeah. Like a blossoming of a, a flower. Just you, you start to blossom. So yes, I, I totally get that. Yeah. All right, Rose, here's your next question. This is kind of like a, it's a deep question. And I've thought about this one a lot myself. And it's, if you could go back in time, what would you say to your 13-year-old self? I would definitely have to tell myself to take a moment, breathe, <laughs> and and just let myself know that I'm going to get there. Don't be in such a rush to get there because I'm going to get there. You know, just growing up, you just want to get there. You just, you know, you're trying such a rush. Just get there, get there, get there, get there, get there. And all of a sudden, it's still there. So I, I think the the one thing I would tell myself is just breathe, breathe. You're going to get there. It's going to be there. That's so awesome. That, that's Because we do. We do we try do. to grow up way too fast. And especially now, like, people don't let their kids be kids no, anymore. No, and. And you're always fast-forwarding everything. Everything you do is like, you want to do that like a hundred times, a million times faster and everything we do. And that's the number thing I would do is just breathe. Breathe. Yeah, you tell yourself to breathe and breathe. slow it's, down. Slow down. It's going to happen anyway. Wow. I would tell myself that. And, and I've said this before, mm-hmm. is that don't let anyone ever just limit what you think that you're capable of and to always go for it. And that would be like my advice to myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of follow that now, but I try to tell younger girls when I talk to them now is just, just don't be limited by other people and very good advice. Do what you think. Absolutely. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rosie Rose, here's question number three for you. Why is a woman's tribe and who she hangs around so important? I think that when you numbers is obviously strength. So to me, women, have a multitude of skills and strength. So when you you put that together in multitude, I mean, there's nothing that we couldn't do. There's right. nothing that we can't do together. What do you think about the importance of hanging around people that build you up versus that are jealous of you or try to tear you down? Or like when you're in high school, like that gossip crew or the popular girls or... Run. I mean... Run. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you absolutely have to get away from, from negativity, from those type of people. I've always tried to surround myself, especially because I have children. I have to surround myself by positive people. If something is negative, I quickly, quickly run from them. Yeah, me too. And that, that's what I've learned to do in my life. When, mm-hmm. you know, of course, when I was in high school, I really tried to, you know, be part of that popular group. And for a time I was, but it's, I actually found that it's more enjoyable to be with real people who are not jealous of you, uh, how you do, who you're dating whatever. And and when you have a success, they're genuinely happy about the fact that you do well and they want to build you up. And so many people, I think, just 
look at just wanting to be popular or wanting to do the cool thing without actually realizing you need to be hanging around the right kind of people so that they can help you get to that next level or make you a better person and not drag you down. I think it's very easy to spot, you know, people that are true, people that are loyal, people that are honest. I've just never really wasted my time with those type of people. So I've always been able to, and and that's why you and I click so quickly. Mm -hmm. I was able to spot that. Um, but yes, you you definitely have to surround yourself by those. And 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 to me, the more people that are together that way, it's easier to lift each other up that way. Yep. That's so important. Thank you for those mm-hmm. answers. Next question for you, Rose. We're gonna talk about bravery. How important is it for any woman or even man, any person to be brave, especially in business? What do you think about that? What's your advice? Wow, I think you know what? I, I think everybody has an underlying fear of something and um you're always going to have that but you you have to have that bravery just just to face and overcome obstacles so to be a leader to be a parent just 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 to be able to help you have to have bravery so that's not something you have that's just kind of something that comes naturally because you have to like i said you just kind of have to do you kind of have to survive you kind of have to help and that just comes with the territory do you think that like with bravery you can fake it till you make it like pretend that you're brave and then really find out that you are absolutely i think that's with a lot of things on the positive side absolutely faking it till you make it actually works absolutely (laughs) you just kind of take the dive and and you scream all the way down but you eventually get there so yeah yeah, that's exactly what it is i mean i have found i mean Mm -hmm. i try to talk to just young Mm -hmm. girls and just people when i'm out and about Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I hear, especially the younger girls, they're saying, you know, I really want to do this, but I'm scared. And I'm like, young girl, you need to like, just, you have to get over it. You have got to say, you know, you can validate your fear and acknowledge your fear, but you don't have to let your fear actually control what you do, right? You have to, it's overcome. And and I, I agree with you in the fact that I mean, sometimes you're born with it, but sometimes you can fake it and then realize that it, it you know, you can make it happen, right? And, and, and I happen to think that a lot of people that are brave still have fears. Oh, definitely. So, so all these young girls that think that, you know, all those people that are brave have no fears, that's, you know, I, I happen to think that there are two different things. Just because somebody's brave doesn't mean they don't have fears. That's, I agree with you 100% mm-hmm. on that one. Rose, the next question I have for you is what advice would you give young women, especially, you know, the teenagers that are, mm-hmm. you know, going into college or going into high school, going to that next level, entering the, the working world? What advice would you give them on failing? You're going to fail. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to happen. So anybody that's out there that's, that's thinking it's not going to happen, it, it's untrue. It's a fantasy. You're going to fail. So expect that. It's going to build character. It's it's going to make you who you are. You're going to have to get up, dust yourself off, and just live. I mean, a failure is going to happen. Failure is is sounds like a negative word, but it really isn't. It just makes you who you are. It builds character. So I'm telling you, it's going to happen. So I don't be afraid. Agreed. Don't be afraid of that. Agreed. And... and- People ask mm-hmm. me a lot. They said, Jen, what's your what's the secret to your success? And my, one of my secrets is that I am not afraid to fail. Like I have accepted that the failures in my life, number one, have provided the greatest growing moments in my life ever. I have 
been pruned like no one's ever been pruned before, but I have blossomed after that pruning exponentially. And failing means that you had the courage to do something different, right? That you had the courage Mm -hmm. to, to try. Sometimes when you really, really want to do something and you have that fear right in your head trying to hold you back, what if I fail? What if I do this? What if I do that? Even if you do fail, at least if you've tried, you know that maybe that wasn't for you. Like I tried at tennis and racquetball. I suck at both of those, like horrendously, but I tried. I failed. I tried though, but I had the courage to put myself out there and actually try to play some games competitively, failing miserably. And what I learned from that is that I should not play racquetball or tennis. Well, but I'm sure it was also fun, Jen. I'm sure it was was also fun. fun. (laughs) You know, but here's the the word that you said. You said pruning. I think that's very, very Mm -hmm. interesting that you use that word and you said blossom. I think that if you don't try, you're going to die. It's it's going to deaden all your senses. And and I think it's very important that we understand that we are going to fail. and, And if we don't try, then... We cannot succeed. And so to succeed, you do have to fail. And take chances. So you do have to take chances. Take that Absolutely. 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 So I, I think if, if I'm going to give that advice, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, look, learn to fail because if you want to succeed, you're going to fail. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And just because you no. do fail, that doesn't mean that you're a failure. No, no, that's that has nothing to do with that. That, you know, failing is just part of succeeding. Failure Absolutely. equals success. I love it. Equation. That's a great equation. I'm going to write that down, actually. (laughs) All right, Rose, here's your next question. This is talking about women in business. And my question to you is, why do women in business particularly find it challenging to be successfully established as leaders? What are we doing wrong or what are they doing wrong? So what do you think? Not all women, Jen. I'm I'm going to talk for Mm -hmm. myself. I think there's a few more challenges and I'm just going to say a few more, um, times are changing, but you know, as women, especially women that have children or single families, you know, there's just a few more obstacles, a few more chores to do, you know, a few more things to carry and maybe not all the resources in a job, you know, some jobs still don't have maternity leave. Some jobs still don't have daycare. Some, some jobs still don't have the availability that some women need, you know? Um, so it's a little bit more challenging than a man. A man doesn't have those things. So sometimes, you know, it's just a little one or two more hurdles. So it can be a little bit more challenging, but not always, you know, it just depends on on, on the career path that you're choosing. Do you think it's hurdles? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's a great from your point of view mm-hmm. because I don't have that same point of view because mm-hmm. I don't have children. Correct. And it wasn't mm-hmm. for lack of trying. It just, it just never happened for me. And... You know, so Rose can speak. I mean, you gave a great example of family life and non-leadership establishing and on, you know, maybe for the single girl or the young girl, my advice or, or what I've seen is that they don't know how to conduct themselves as a leader. They don't know how to be a leader because they've never been taught like what it looks like from a woman's point of view, right? I don't know how to best explain that, except I feel like we were programmed to, you know, you throw like a girl, you run like a girl, you laugh like a girl, instead of you laugh, you throw. I think women are maybe intimidated or they don't know how to be or take that next step because they're, they don't have the self-esteem or they don't have 
the knowledge or they're afraid to fail? But I, mean, I don't think do it's think? just the women. I think it's also, it's just the whole culture. Because if, if, if we're programmed that way, then that means the man is also programmed that way. It means that the entire culture is, is programmed that way. It means that the man is expecting us to act that way. It means that they're expecting something also. So I'm hoping that by now some of that is changing. But yes, as growing up in the leadership, some of that, obviously, you know, you are expected, you know, to act a little bit differently. We're, we're expected to dress a little bit differently. We're mm-hmm. expected to to conduct ourselves a little bit differently, whereas men can conduct themselves differently. They, they can go out and do other stuff that women can't, and, and they're viewed differently than women can. But I'm hoping that that's eventually changing. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm going I'm to throw a different question mm-hmm. in there okay. for you. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've written about and mm-hmm. I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. What do you think about women who dress inappropriately for their job? You know, like the girl who is just dresses like a hoe. Okay. Okay. For lack of better words. <laughs> okay. In a professional <laughs> atmosphere. I mean, um, what what is your advice to other? I mean, to other women about just dressing properly. Well, and, it depends what the what profession. Yeah, in. we're not talking about. I mean, we're talking about okay. Well, in a professional okay. business setting, uh-huh. how should a woman mm-hmm. dress? I'm going to tell you that that you 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 do need to dress the part, regardless of, of you know male or female. But yes, especially the woman, you have to dress the part, no matter what. You have to be able to be presentable. So you cannot go and and dress provocatively, especially a woman, mm-hmm. but you know not not even a guy. You know? But okay, why is it mm-hmm. that a woman can't dress provocatively? What does that do? And do you think it causes it's too much? It, I say that mm-hmm. men like shiny things mm-hmm. and that when you're only given that shiny thing to look at, they're not mm-hmm. going to pay attention to what's in your brain, right? And I just think that's one of the biggest mistakes that women make is they don't dress appropriately for what they're doing. I'm going to tell you that that is going to be hurtful for the girl, not only because of the men, but also because of the women, because mm-hmm. women will not take that girl seriously and neither will the men. Right. So I think you're absolutely right. I think women need to dress the part. That's just the professionalism. You, you need to dress appropriately to whatever profession you're in. Right. What about mm-hmm. if you don't have money? Like, what if you mm-hmm. are just starting out? What would your mm-hmm. advice be for women? Because I know what I did mm-hmm. when I had no money. When you didn't have any money and you had to go and do a business meeting, your first business mm-hmm. meeting, where did you go shop? I'm a thrifty shopper. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, you can go, you know, shop very, you can go to secondhand shops. Mm-hmm. You can go and, I mean, you don't need a lot of money to, no. to dress conservatively. You don't. You, you don't need, you can have one skirt, one one pair of pants and a couple of blouses and, and one jacket and make it happen. Exactly. So. You can make 20 outfits mm-hmm. out of it. Absolutely. And when I mm-hmm. first started out and was very mm-hmm. short on funds, I used to go to like TJ Maxx, Ross. Mm-hmm. I used to go to the secondhand stores. Matter of fact, I still go to like TJ yeah. Maxx, which yeah. I still I love. Like, yeah. And Ross, I was like, yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I'm saying like, that you don't have to have money no. to dress appropriately for no. what you're doing. No. And I'm just going to go right into the next question sure. mm-hmm. is what advice would you give women who want to enhance their own capabilities? What advice since you've done it yourself? Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally came from a migrant farm worker as a child to running 11 stores for Rent-A-Center. That is amazing, the success and all the different things that you went through to get from one place to the other. And what advice would you give to the young women out there who want to enhance what they do? I like to learn. So I, I, I think 
you know, be curious, meet people, explore, ask questions. You know, I, I think if you'd like to read books, read books. If, you know, talk to people, ask questions to different types of people. I love to hear different opinions. I love to find out what other people have to say and, and why. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always asking why, but why? You know, but why? Tell me why, you know. Um, <laughs> I want to know why. And, and I ask that a lot because I really want to know. I want to know different perspectives from everyone. I think not that's just, super important. Not just from one person. Right. You know, if I'm if I'm in a group of people whether it's a meeting or whether it's with you or anyone, I want to know why. I want to know everything about them. I, you know, you and I like to people watch. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's very intriguing because I just find people very interesting. And and the reason I do is because I just think that there's so many things that we can learn from that. So I, I think that that's just very important. Learn as much as you can. Be a sponge and keep on yep. learning. And, and my advice is uh, <clears throat> pretty much along the same lines. Mine would be that you know, to enhance your own capabilities, you have to try different things to find out what Mm -hmm. you, A, truly love, what you're really good at, you know? And once you find something that you are really good at, you need to like hone in on that and learn every single thing that you can. And a lot of it comes from asking questions, reading, doing research, not just going along with your day and not learning anything. I mean, I think so many people do that and they wonder like, why haven't I gone anywhere in life? It's because you just don't, do anything with it. You haven't tried anything trust new. what everybody tells you. Ah, yes. Investigate. And you know what? Just if somebody tells you, say, hmm, let me see if that's accurate. Hmm, let me, let me go. And I kind of want to do some of my own research and just kind of, you know, learn a little bit more. But also don't be afraid to learn new things. You know, I kind of like to learn, even at my age now, I'd like to learn a lot more. You know? Right. To learn and fail. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Get up. Yep. Let's try, try again. again. Let's do it again. Grow. Absolutely. Well, Rose, I really appreciate that you um, Mm -hmm. decided to do this with me, and you're my first guest. (laughs) Super excited. (laughs) Okay. And um, everyone have a great day. And that is all I have for you today. This is Jen Guidry, and I thank you for listening. God bless and enjoy your day. You can reach me by going to my website at salending.com. Join me next week because I am going to talk about being genuine and being comfortably uncomfortable.